Hello and welcome to the Men Becoming Better Men podcast. This is Coach Wish coming at you live. Well, not really live, I'm recorded. <laughs> I don't know, I just felt like doing that this morning. Um, anyway, um, sitting having lunch again in my usual spot for my usual day. I've already actually posted uh, this morning, so I'm getting ahead of schedule, which is exciting. Um, it's basically because I'm fired up for this one. Um, I was... I think I mentioned a couple times in the last few episodes, uh, I pulled out Mr. No More Mr. Nice Guy out of my uh, audiobook file. I was listening to it um, for a few weeks, uh, then I got distracted by something else, but uh, I got up to chapter uh, six. Actually, I got a little bit past that, but anyway, that's the important part, chapter six. And chapter six of No More Mr. Nice Guy talks about reclaiming your masculinity and I know that's a big issue for a lot of men so what I'm gonna do um I'm gonna bust this into two episodes probably um but I've got uh I've got six strategies here that are basically a you know I'm let I'm gonna let Dr. Glover tee them up I'm going to use some of his his verbiage, but I'm also going to add um, some stuff that I've learned, um, some tips, tricks, things like that uh, for you to actually put into application so you can fine tune. Because I know um, you men, especially those that are showing up at meetings, are, are doing that work already to reclaim your masculinity, um, not being nice guys. <clears throat> um quote unquote nice guys, not nice guys. Um, I know you're all nice guys. You're all super. Um, but I don't want you to be the Mr. Nice guy, nice guy. Um, so anyway, uh, let's dive into it. Um, again, probably going to go about halfway here, um, and see where we land and we'll go from there. So numero uno, um, really simple, really obvious, straightforward one. Uh, it's the, the reason men becoming better men exists. Uh, reason, wait, way number one to reclaim your masculinity is connect with other men. Um, and obviously you're listening, probably listen to this because this resonates with you. Um, and by that, I mean connection. Um, because we don't, we, pro- we probably have issues with connecting with other men and we have for however long we've been around. And it's probably because our, our own father was most likely absent in our life or in some way, whether it's physically or emotionally unavailable. Um, my dad was always physically available, just not emotionally. Um, and we need we need to stop this cycle. Um, unfortunately, my I didn't learn this till after my kids were off to college. So, um, looking back, unfortunately, it was I was I was probably physically available and emotionally unavailable, especially uh, for a few years. Uh, I was battling some depression stuff before my divorce. So, um, and the, and the the simplest way to do that if you're not already um, showing up for men becoming better men meetings is to get involved, get in a support group, a meetup group, 
or some other type of men's only group. Uh, ideally, this is a group that's going to include meaningful conversations. Um, not talking like golf league where the boys go out and talk about the latest driver tech and how far they can drive the ball now. Um, I'm talking about real meaningful conversations that include taking risks, being vulnerable, um, ideally in a setting where confidentiality is well understood because a lot of the things, you know, we're, we're going to unearth and, and get vulnerable about are shit that we don't want to get back to our wives, our spouses, our parents, our friends, our, our employers. <clears throat> so it's got to be well understood. That's the, that's the first thing we cover every meeting of a men becoming better men is we, we take our confidentiality pledge. And, you know, obviously everyone is on their honor, um, but we say at every single meeting, and if a man shows up late, we make sure we, we catch him before he comes in the circle, make sure he understands and, uh, and subscribes to that confidentiality clause. Um, secondly, you need to make the time. Um, men who get the most from men becoming better meetings are not only the ones who show up every other week, but they engage outside of those meetings. Um, whether it's at the gym, doing social events, hanging out or other mean, other means where conversations can happen. When you get into this mode of, yeah, I'm going to show up, but I, I can hit, I can take, <coughs> excuse me. You can take what you get out of the meeting and think you can apply that without practicing it in, in a social setting or in a group setting or, or, or even wanting to get deeper in a, in a conversation, you're only getting a piece of what the power of having a group of men around you can do. Um, so something to think about if you're not 100% engaging in this process. So, um, so that's good for number one. Again, connecting with other men. Um, Number two, and this is from Dr. Glover, is stop believing that you are different from other men. So if you believe you're different from other men, it's usually because you don't, you didn't want to be like dad. You don't want to be like your father. So you made agreements with yourself to do or be the opposite of what he was. So again, for me, my dad was a, was a great guy. But he was an alcoholic, um, not certifiable. But, but to me, my definition of alcoholism is you drink every day more than one drink. And that was dad. And, uh, and he was a nice alcoholic. He wasn't, you know, he didn't, didn't hurt us or neglect us in any way. He just, he'd come home, have, his, have dinner and a couple cocktails and fall asleep in, the, on the, in his Lazy Boy by 7 o'clock. Which really gave us no interaction um, you know, no chat, no, you know, and, and, it, and it, what it modeled was come home, you know, after a hard day's work and, you know, not engage. So I, and I hated that pattern and I swore I would never allow myself to drink daily. Um, I barely even drink routinely. I'd say, I'm, I might have a beer or two a month or, you know, a couple of times a month, um, but I wanted to not be like my dad. And, and I also had, you know, grandparents that drank a lot and, it, you know, party culture and all that. <clears throat> I did not want to be that way. 
So um, if you're not sure that you fit into this category, um, you are if some of these things I'm about to read to you, are, if, you if you believe are true. Um, <clears throat> one, you aren't controlling of others. Uh, two, you aren't often angry or rageful. Three, you aren't violent. Four, you are superior, superiorly attentive to women's needs, meaning you take care of women better than other men. You're a good lover. Or you're a good father. Um, if you have a, you know, an, uh, an inflated opinion of yourself in any of those categories, uh, chances are you, this is this is you. You're you're believing you're different or better than other men. <clears throat> so, if you were, if you do have, or if sorry, if you do have that uh, that opinion that you're trying to be consciously different than your father, or you're trying to be different than other men. How does that keep you disconnected from other men? That's a key question you need to ask yourself. Now, the key from this is to accept that chances are your father was just as wounded as you and didn't know better. I mean, did you until either this podcast or somewhere in the in the recent past where you've been attending Men Becoming Better Men meetings where we've talked about father wounds and stuff? I mean, did you, did you realize that your father was a broken man too and he was just doing the best he could and you know obviously he wasn't perfect nobody is and he instilled those broken pieces of himself into you so first of all we need to forgive our fathers for that um second of all we need to take him off a pedestal if if he's up there if he if we thought he was the greatest dad ever um there's probably things that he was you know, he's instilled in us that maybe make us think we're better. That was another one of my my dad's things was we were always better, smarter than other people. Um, and realizing those things, it, it can be a huge step for your, your own healing and being able to regain your masculinity. Uh, let's see. Let me do a time check here. Yeah, we're at 10 minutes. So I'm going to I'm going to bust this into three pieces. I'm going to stop there for today. I got two more segments. I got four more um, portions of this uh, steps or strategies. I haven't figured out what I'm calling it um, to reclaim your masculinity. So I'm going to stop with those two for right now. Um, Come back uh, later this week. I will put up uh, a second version, uh, the second portion of this. Um, Good stuff to come um, as far as how to reclaim your masculinity and what it culminate with uh, with uh, 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 some what, what my what my friend MJ calls uh, nuclear or what is it? Uh, it's not nuclear weapons. Uh, I forget what he calls it. The big one, the the nuclear weapon of of how to get your uh, masculinity back. Anyway, um, trying to test my own memory and it's not working. So that's all for today. Um, hope you enjoyed that. Hope you got some out of it. Um, as always, follow, share like, um, pass this along to somebody else. Uh, I've really, you know, enjoyed this resurgence of, uh, being able to do these, share this information with you men, um, getting close to having, um, 4,000 total downloads of this podcast since its inception. Uh, come actually probably two years ago now, um, when, when Steve and I started it, um, 
this year doing it solo. Um, looking, looking forward to getting this, the word out to more men. And, uh, I could sure use your help in doing that. So would appreciate again, Sharon and, uh, helping me out with that. So my other phone is ringing. So with that, I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you.